Well, welcome everybody again. Thanks for joining us to Worship God, a TGC Canada podcast, where we talk about gospel worship, equipping you as a leader, encouraging you as a worshiper, and giving you practical and theological biblical ideas to help you to be encouraged about worship and to lead others well. And with me today, I have two very wonderful friends and good guests, uh, the worship pastor at Midtown Church in Vancouver, Pat Sabell. Hello, Pat. Hey, Jody. You look great across the country. And uh, also with me is Rob Rockman. He is the associate pastor at Living Hope Church in Georgetown. Rob, good to have you back. Good to be here. Good to be here, Jody. We have made it through the summer and our holidays are, you know, they're kind of evaporating and we're gearing up for the fall. Mm-hmm. And today we have a pretty, pretty exciting topic. Uh, I know as a younger leader, I started leading worship in 1988 vocationally, some years before that in campus ministry, but I really didn't have a lot of good models. There weren't a lot of major conferences in those days. Books were fewer and farther between. And I think I learned a lot more by failing and making mistakes than I did by what I actually should have done. (laughs) So between the three of us, we probably bring 70 or 80 years of vocational ministry. And with that- I thought you were going to say 600 years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not quite that much. (laughs) <laughs> so today we wanted to share with you uh, as a leader, as a worshiper, as someone who's involved in church ministry or, or some kind of worship ministry, we wanted to share with you mistakes we've made and some things that we failed to do and things we wish we hadn't have done and things we wish we would have done had we known about it earlier. So you can benefit from our falterings and hopefully uh, be more successful in uh, some of your ministry endeavors than we were. So I'm going to fire it off to uh, Pat across the country. Pat, why don't you start us off and tell us just some of the things that you didn't do well that you wish you could have. Yeah, sure. Oh, I think uh, it's amazing that uh, God is merciful <laughs> in spite of our uh, fumblings and bumblings in ministry. Um, I, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot that stand out to me and I, and I 50 turned 55 last week uh, and still continue to make a lot of uh, uh, mistakes, things I wish I hadn't done as a worship leader. Well, a cu- couple, one a big one that really stands out to me is that I, I think I've in the past cared more about someone's gift uh, than their soul. And what I mean by that is I think when, uh, and it, this is a greater temptation for smaller churches or church plants, but I think it's a temptation that straight across the board that when you have a a drummer in your church, but they're just not that great. And another guy comes into your church and says, Hey, I'm a drummer. Um, I just was listening in this morning. I love you. Love this. Love your music. I love the church. I love the pastor. Um, when can I play kind of thing? Um, and, um, you know, I think we've done a disservice to, to musicians in just going, you are a good drummer. When do you want to play? Uh, rather than being really intentional and having a process to care for them, to care for their soul. <clears throat> One thing after about three or four years of doing this, I remember I would just say to people, you know, James 3.1 talks about a stricter judgment coming to those who are teachers. And God calls me to care for your soul and to, to make sure you're doing well. And so I, although I lo- we always look, are looking for drummers, we need more drummers, What should be more important to me is how are you? How are you doing with your walk with Jesus? Uh, Tell me about your marriage. Tell me about your parenting. You know, let's, let's hang out. Let's see your life. Let's observe your life. 
And so, um, you know, the people that really want to play drums and could care less about all that stuff, they don't usually stick around. Um, but that served me so well. Um, so, you know, big mistakes of just, hey, we need a drummer. That's a great drummer. Let's put him on the team. Um, we need to be, just be very careful and have a process. And so we would run them through a new members class. I would hang out. I'd go for coffee. Uh, there would be context where I'd get to know these people. Um, and then, you know, when you can go, boy, this guy loves Jesus. This guy's, uh, he's, he's doing well in his marriage. Um, I think we, we just minimize so many of those things, which are far more important than their gift. And I think, I think we're just, we're ripping people's gifts off and not paying attention sometimes to the most important thing that we've been called to shepherd the flock and to mm -hmm. love these people and make sure that they're walking with Jesus. So that's a couple of my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the, um, you know, I think the scripture that says God looks at the heart, right? And sometimes we just look at competency. And as right. you said, we, we see a need in our church. We see competency. We can fudge over other things, the, the soul and the depth of character. And I would say too, I'm just going to add um, a quick amen to what you just said, that it's easy to not to have an audition process. It's not right. articulated. It's not thought through. It's not written out. And it's not followed and so for, for leaders, I think that's an important thing, have an audition process. And as Pat has said, care for not only themselves musically, but also spiritually and just their character as well. Uh, Rob, how about you? What, what's one that you wish you would have done differently that you could admit to uh, having some missteps? Well, originally we were going to talk about 10 and I thought, man, I could give you 10 from last Sunday uh, <laughs> alone. <laughs> but, but I think one key one that I think that I really struggled with and it's a biblical value that can kind of run wild was prioritizing like professionalism and excellence over inclusivity um and this is kind of on the other side of what pat's saying there, there can be one side where we're just all about making music great and we're going to take anybody but there are some times where we want to make music so great that we don't want to take anybody. <laughs> like we, we want the, the level is so high and the quality is so high that people feel very intimidated. And, and, and so you start even, people don't really feel interested in coming out to worship or getting involved because they look at this quality and they go, man, like I can't play that way. And, and that, that isn't good either. Like you don't, you don't want to scare people off from serving. The whole point is the saints minister to the saints and Sunday morning is an opportunity for us to come together, to use our gifts. Um, and the Bible calls us all, we all have gifts to use. And it's a shame. I think initially early on, I remember I was a worship director at a camp, a summer camp, and I became known uh, just for the insane level of rehearsals that we would do. And a lot of it came from, I just wanted to sound like the album. Like I wanted to sound like the professionals. And, you know, I, that's not the heart of discipleship, man. Like that's not the heart that says, hey, let me come to this young musician who's struggling in his gifts and let me bless him. Let me walk alongside him. Let me raise him up. Not only just in musicianship, but as Pat saying, in the Lord. Um, that's the heart we should have as pastors. And it's a lot easier sometimes if the musician is just not good enough to be like, yeah. ah, yeah, you don't make the cut as opposed to doing what we're called to do, which is invest in a disciple. So that's a big one for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, to add to that, Rob, I think there's a, uh, a the book by Harold Best called Music Through the Eyes of Faith. There's a chapter, chapter five on excellence. 
And I think he does a great job of defining excellence as stewardship. And he's, mm. he basically says that I'm not supposed to be, try to be as good as him or her, or, but I'm just to be the best that, you know, whatever God, whatever level of talent or gifting God has given me, I'm to be the best. So what we used to say at, at, at previous church, I was at A's, B's and C musicians. If God has given me one talent and not two or five, I'm to be the best one talent musician I can be. Um, and not trying to be the, you know, as hard as I want to throw a basketball like LeBron James, it would never happen. Um, he's got unique gifts. And so I think in the church, there's that happening all the time. And then how do we, how do we take all that? And the, as worship leaders, like you're saying, make sure that we are, we're, we're stewarding that well um, at all the different levels of gifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I think one of the things that I've seen earlier on in my ministry, I'm getting a little bit better with it now, but one of the things we struggle with as, as teams is punctuality. That's one of the, you know, punctuality and preparation. Generally, that's a whole other podcast. That's what do you wish you could change about your worship team? Punctuality and, and preparation probably <coughs> up there in the top five. But when punctuality suffers, the first thing to go is usually not, the, the music itself, but it's prayer. It's a spiritual preparation. Mm-hmm. I can think back to earlier on when prayer suffered and where, where prayer was not prioritized as much as it could have been. And I, you know, take the, take the blame as a leader for not raising the bar in expectation. And I think that's mm-hmm. part of what leaders need to do. We need to raise the bar. I once heard someone said that people will rise to the level of your expectation. And if we have low expectations of people, particularly in the area of punctuality, then the prayer is going to suffer for sure. And where there's no prayer, there's no power. We're relying on our strength, our own flesh, our own abilities, not on the Lord. And I think, Pat, you had written that, um, as we talked about this earlier, you know, without me, you can do nothing, Jesus said in John 15. So I, I think we just have to examine the place of prayer in our team, in our own rehearsing, uh, in the team's rehearsing, and in our Sunday morning rehearsals. Just what are we trusting in and who are we trusting in? and making sure that we are on point and saying, Lord, whatever we do today is for you and it's by your power. And it's, it's, you know, we're bound together in unity by prayer. Pat, tell us uh, another one that you've got. Well, I would just add to that Jody that I think sometimes we, we feel like we got an hour or we got an hour and 15 or whatever to rehearse. So let's get with it. And that can be a little bit again, piggybacking on what rob just said is that we we if we got an hour and 15 we don't have time to pray (laughs) um and some rehearsals i've intentionally told everybody to quit tuning and take your musicians you know take them off step away let's go and stand here and and i'll you know you can just see people sweating but i'll take a half an hour of that rehearsal and we'll just talk about our soul we'll talk about how everyone's doing we'll pray intentionally for people and that that that's a terrifying thing and yet a, a wonderful thing because it's teaching people that exact thing that apart from him we can do nothing and and we're the worst the guys that are leading it often are the worst we just want to we want it to sound well we don't want any glitches um and you know so danger yeah, I think um, if, if I could prioritize one or if I could pri- prioritize preparing or pre-praying, I would prioritize pre-praying totally more than preparing. Yeah. 
Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think another thing is, is um, I found it easier in the past at times to copy, I call copy, steal, borrow, rip off from other churches, worship ministries, other sources than to hear what God is saying specifically to, to my ministry, mm -hmm. to my church. Um, I think we need to guard against the trap. Um, I, I think just because social media, there's so much accessible to us. We can just click on YouTube and we can see anything we want about an, another church, another worship ministry. Um, and the temptation is, is we don't, we don't take time to just sit and think and hear God for ourselves. And what does the Lord want to say to us? What does he, you know, e even, even the fact that we, we, are grabbing songs from so many different sources. It's not a bad thing, but have we ever prayed or is there, is there people within our church that, you know, potentially could write songs specifically for our church? Um, and so like, like I, I sing songs from various ministries all the time, but, but I think there's something about just like sitting back and, and being with the Lord and listening to the Lord and, hearing the Lord specifically from my ministry and not being just quick to go there and to grab everything that's available without prayer, without seeking the Lord, without being in his word and, and asking, Lord, what do you want to say? And what do you want to do here in, in my local church uh, specific? And so I've never been one. I, I personally don't like stealing arrangements. Even when a, a great song comes out, I try to, ask our band to think differently about the song so we don't sound like the album. Um, but I think there's just ways that we can, we can fight against that desire. Just that's the easy way, you know, just to get everything from everywhere, every other source and not think specifically about our own, own ministry. So I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that. Well, I think even with the first thing that you talked about, about um, getting the drummer, first, not caring about his soul, but his gifting. I think a lot of the time it's motivated by that. It's motivated uh, by, well, I want to sound like Bethel. Mm -hmm. So I got to get that drummer or I got to get that gear and I got to get that person on. And uh, I'm not really concerned about if where their heart's at. I'm concerned about, can they accomplish that vision? Yeah. And, and that's a vision thing. My goal really ultimately is I'm seeking after what I heard on YouTube. I'm seeking after this ministry. I want to sound like that. Is that the biblical heart of the worship leader? No, that's, that's not even close to what the heart should be. And yet a lot of us, like most of modern worship today, you go to a church's websites, look what they're doing on worship. It's all been shaped by Bethel's visuals. And it's like one church has set the scene kind of how a lot of churches are trying to copy that aesthetic. And I think that's, that's dangerous. Like you're saying, Pat, I think we need to go to the scriptures. And I would just say like one of my things is that I, that was something that I struggled with. I was, I was so tempted to create a vision based off of what I saw on YouTube and in the worship world, but not on the scriptures, not on God's word and not on what he's doing in our church. And yeah, that, that's, that can be a very, or that can be a recipe for disaster because now you start getting people involved purely based off their ability to accomplish that man rather than their love for Jesus. Right. Yeah. And I, I think too, that sometimes we devalue our own local church. We think the grass is greener over there in that movement in that right. you know, there's a church that has their own worship label. So they've got it all together. When we miss the beauty of where God's called us to be, this field, right. this vineyard, this section of the world that God's working in, 
and to not uh, you know to be to be missing the blessing of right here and right now because mm, we're just right. obvious over there and you know your your church has its own unique personality so song choosing song selection song performance song style etc cetera, etc cetera, is specific to your context because god's doing a unique work with a unique group of people and so what you're saying contextualizing songs with arrangements and not feeling like you have to emulate is an important thing and i think we've all been guilty of that and just say, I think just to, to help younger leaders to know that uh, don't, don't feel like you're inferior if you've got a four-piece band and you don't have a seven-piece band. And as you said, Rob, all the lights, you know, on the smoke machines, is that, is that what equals God's blessings? Absolutely not. Yeah. So just love what God's doing in your local, your local church. Mm. One, one yeah. other thing, um, if I can just jump in, that, that I think huge mistake and i think all of us when we were talking about this in advance put this down was that we there were times where we didn't prioritize theology and doctrine and we prioritize prioritized melody or engagement you know we this we pick songs because people we want people to respond the way that we saw in the video and and we weren't thinking doctrinally theologically about what we're singing and i know i've done that and i know that even now and then i'll go through our song lists at our church and i'll go mm, there's a, i need to pull that one out of the list and that you know this is something that i think is all too common today unfortunately especially because we have so much music to choose from all kinds of movements are all, all kinds of people are writing songs some of them theologically trained and doctrinally sound some not and it's very easy to like a style more than substance. You know, I, I think a lot of worship is teaching. But when we're singing, we're teaching. There's a teaching element to it. And I, I say to my team all the time, like, I don't want to be putting words in your mouths about God that aren't true. Like, I'm, right. I, I feel responsible for that. And so I, I think we need to think long and hard and theologically and buffet ourselves and grow in our understanding of the scriptures of the word of doctrine so that we don't fall into that trap of just singing what's cool and what sounds good or hoping to get a response from the song. Mm -hmm. I could jump onto that, Rob, too. This is one of mine. And I think it's easy. And I would say this was true of me uh, earlier on, and maybe some other folks feel this way too, but how do you see yourself? What's your identity as a leader? And it's easy to say I'm a musician or I'm a, a guitar player or I'm a drummer or I'm a you know, music director, I'm a worship director. And while those things are partly true, that's not the truest of what defines you as a leader. Obviously, your relationship with Christ, but the, theology and a theological foundation comes before your musicianship. And so you've got you know, some musicians that really don't have a lot of theology. And I think it's, it's great as a younger leader, whether you're a teenager or 20s or 30s, to say, you know, I need to go deep in theology. You were talking about theologically rich songs. And I just think there's a failure. I've seen it in my own life to study as a theologian because all that we do, what we say, how we pray, how we pick songs, and what we're, what we're doing as we plan a worship service is theologically based or, or not. And long-term, I'm just thinking long-term investments now. If, if there's a younger leader, What's going to get you the biggest bang for your buck over decades? It's going to be going into the word, understanding and knowing God's word and knowing God and understanding truth and theology and doctrine, because all of that's going to come out as you sing and as you speak and as you pray. 
and, and that will make your ministry effective and fruitful. Mm. Yeah. Oh, good. And there's Pat. often, there's two, there's two, I feel like there's always two, just to add and then throw back to Pat. There's, there's two, like, there's so much temptation for us to dive into the tech side as worship guys and music music because that's a lot of what we do but you don't do that at the compromise and and like that should become second like first know jesus know his word love his people and then you, that even your motivation for growing in those things will i think will just be more godly than than it could be sorry pat yeah yeah no that's so good <clears throat> i mean i think something that's always ongoing uh for me that i that i put down as i've been a glory thief in the middle of a worship set um and what i mean by that is you know there there's just those moments when you're leading and you've rehearsed and the band is just you know you're riding the big wave things are just sounding excellent um and it's just unbelievable and as that's taking place you just start to focus more on how great we sound, um, how everything has just come together. And, you know, it's, it's amazing that here we are on stage, we're exalting God. And in the middle of exalting God, we are, um, we're thinking about how great we are. <laughs> and that somehow this is more about us than it is about him. Yeah. And God in his mercy sometimes has allowed it, one of my guitar strings to break and sting my arm and right in the middle of it. And, and, I love that because it's also a great opportunity to preach the gospel to my soul. Mm. I, I found myself sometimes in the middle of a song, just weeping as the Lord shows me just my pride mm. and my arrogance and how, how he could open up the stage and swallow me and eat me up right there, kill me in an instant. Mm. Uh, and yet the amazing grace of God in the midst of my arrogance and my pride, he still takes me and he uses me for his glory. And uh, it's just amazing in those moments. Uh, and I think all of us are prone to that on a regular basis. And that's why I think we got to, we have to keep Christ. It's what, what worship is about is about in, encountering the living triune God. Mm. Uh, and it's a, it's our response response to who he is and if we make it about something else then we're we're in trouble and and our hearts are prone to wander and to to worship everything that should not be worshiped rather than god so yeah yeah the bible says you know god will not share his glory with another yeah yeah and you know i was thinking sometimes a way that that happens for me is someone in the band will do something wrong that we didn't practice. And I'm just like ultimately aware of that. And I'm letting it bug me and just sitting there like, Oh, we missed that build or whatever. And I'm holding on to it. And it's like, what am I doing? Like I'm more focused on how we messed up or, and I'm attributing that that's what's important. Not, not the fact that my heart is, is, open bare to Christ and I'm worshiping him and exalting him for what he has done and praising him. And I'm not allowing joy and thankfulness. So the Bible says is the response to coming before God is joy and thankfulness. I'm allowing irritation or I'm, I'm focused on other things and, and that's stealing the glory away from God. And, and that's very easy to do when we are. Um, yeah. When we are focused on the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I don't know if you can hear some some noise, but there's a bit of noise in the background here. So <laughs> drilling, some major construction going on in the church. Surprise. The, speaking of those little those little things that surprise us, yeah. I would say, um, you know, relationships are really key. And I haven't always handled relationships. My son wants to be on the worship team, or I want my son to be on the worship team. And uh, I had actually checked with the youth pastor and said, you know, what do you know about this young man? And he said, oh, he's not in a good spot spiritually. And, uh, you know, because of that, I said, well, I don't think I don't think he's ready for the worship team. And that did not go well. And what I realized looking back, how we handle these moments of inquiry, whether that's a parent to us about their children or you know, their young adults or their teenage children or, you know, whatever, someone who's coming to us, there's always the story behind the story. And I think as leaders who are responsible for uh, stewarding these relationships, we need to be really careful how we, we bring people on. And I, you know, if I was to go back and say, uh, you know, I could do that over again. You hearing that big noise over there, Pat? Oh yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> Construction. We're living this right now. And then I'll. But if I could have done that over again, I would have met with that young man. And rather than saying, hey, can you play guitar? I would have just said, tell me about life. Tell me about your faith. Tell me about how you're doing. And I would have totally done it differently. And I, I have seen it done well. And uh, by the Lord's grace, a little bit later on in my ministry, I handled a situation similar in a different way. And two twin sisters came to faith in Christ, and I was able to baptize them. And in almost the same moment, because I got the backstory and I got to know them. So let's just be really careful to handle these situations really, really gently. I'm going to mute so you guys can keep talking. Yeah, I, was, I just want to add to that, that, you know, for me, a long time early on in ministry, confrontation was a problem. I was just, I think maybe I was the young guy. I didn't feel like I had the right and I didn't value my role as a spiritual shepherd. And it was just, I was very scared to make those sorts of calls and to have those sorts of conversations because they were uncomfortable, but that's love. And, you know, we're called to exhort one another. We're called to um, challenge one another, to sharpen one another. And okay. especially we're in that position of authority and, and, and servant authority on our team. It does require us to have those conversations. So it took, it took me, my senior pastor challenging me and some, just some personal growth before I got comfortable with having, and I'm not saying I'm, like I think none of us are comfortable having confrontation, but at least now we we can do it when we understand the gospel, when we understand our role, and when we just love our people and we see what's best for them. Um, which maybe not be having them on the team, but it's their spiritual growth. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, definitely, I think that's all something all of us can grow in is is just having those hard conversations. Well, in our last. Uh, Last couple of minutes, let's, uh, let's give some like one minute ones. All right. We got a couple more each, maybe just uh, let's throw out the idea real quick, real broadly to give, uh, give our folks some, some things that we've learned. Mr. Rob, are you seeing Pat as frozen over there? Like I, I am. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was just me. <laughs> Either staying really still or he's frozen. So give us uh, yeah, give quick us one. A quick one for me would be, um, being known as the, uh, oh, and we lost him being, being known as the guitar guy 
and not a pastor kind of allowing that. Sometimes it was, and I think that was just to my own shame. I, I, I wasn't doing enough of the pastoral side of things that I ended up becoming known just as, you know, people would come to me all the time for guitar, for music lessons. And uh, I had to really take a hard look at myself and go, okay, what am I putting off? So, so that's one, you know, not leaning into the pastoral role more and leaning just into the, the music role. Okay. Yeah, for me, I would say a failure to disciple others. And, and I mean that in two ways. Number one, <laughs> the later years that I've been investing in younger leaders, we actually currently at our church have five people on staff right now that have come through our internship program. So there's such blessing when you invest in younger leaders, but I didn't get that early on. Mm. And, you know, it, sometimes it's just enough to get Sunday done without looking at who's 16 and 17 and wanting to play guitar and what young leader you can help and groom and, and grow up in ministry. And I, I just encourage people who are in uh, positions of church music, worship leadership, or, you know, whatever your context is to find the people around you and say, Lord, how can I invest in a younger leader to raise them up? And such blessing and there's such fruitfulness and just honors the Lord. Ephesians mm -hmm. chapter four talks about God giving us gifts to help grow and mature others. And then the second part of that is, you know, there's one thing to work with your, your team as a, a musician. It's another thing to actually walk with them as disciples. And we may have touched on this a little bit before, but Rob, you just mentioned about, you know, the guitar guy rather than the worship pastor. And I think my ministry to my team is as much about caring about their, their kids who are sick or that mm -hmm. family situation than getting them to sing or play well yeah. and you know you, you mentioned it a minute ago that it's loving loving Jesus and loving our, our people loving our team before we care about them as musicians and so as a pastor growing in in relationships and getting to know your, your people and uh, just investing in them that way mm -hmm. so uh, Pat is off off on vacation he's surfing in the Pacific Ocean off the coast of Vancouver right now I think we've lost him <laughs> well, I'm him back Oh, you're back. Whoa. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. Right. I do not know what, know what happened, but I'm back. Well, you know, I, I've got some jackhammer stuff happening and, and you have some <laughs> it was my fault. Maybe it was my trick noise. That, that, uh, anyway, we're going to give you the last, the last word because Rob and I have been chatting in your absence for a minute. And then sure. Well, I, I, I think this is the greatest way to conclude this conversation is that I failed to preach the gospel to my own heart at times. Mm -hmm. And um, what we do in the trenches with people and with circumstances and difficulties and everything is always shifting and changing. And um, we can, we can, we can lean on our own understanding and fail to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. We can fail to acknowledge him in all our ways and we do that on a regular basis. We, we think we can do this ministry without him. Um, but when we get there, uh, we're, we're tempted to despair. Satan tells us of the guilt within and the struggles. And you've, you're, you know, you've been doing ministry far too long and not leaning on the Lord and whatever. In those moments, rather than to, to fall into the, the pit of despair and condemnation, we, we need to preach the gospel to ourselves. We need to remind ourselves that, that we are loved, as J.I. Packer says, love no less. I think it's John Owen, actually. Love no less than the one he calls his beloved son. Um, and that's because of Jesus, our Savior. Mm -hmm. um, so do we, do we believe that when 
in the highs and the lows and everything in between? Do we believe as the, the Lord has called us as his servants, as his children, uh, to lead this ministry? And when we're not doing it very well, uh, don't fall down into that pit of despair, but, but preach the gospel to your soul again. Preach the gospel to your heart. Um, and just one, one last thing in closing, someone was wanting the, the title of that book that I mentioned. It's, it's Music Through the Eyes of Faith by Harold Best. Music Through the Eyes of Faith. And chapter five in particular on excellence is, is the chapter that I would highly, highly recommend. And one other book that we're talking about preaching the gospel to your soul, I would say get gospel primer <laughs> by Milton Vincent. You have to have to have that book and, and let that book uh, preach the gospel to your soul on a regular basis. Good. Well, Hey guys, thank you. I said earlier, we have some 60 or 70 years of experience, but we still make mistakes. We're still learning. Oh. So no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ and mm-hmm. that we, learn, we grow, we confess our mistakes and we're grateful for God's, you know, encouragement to us and from brothers just uh, helping us to spur each other on. So hopefully some of the things we've shared with you today have helped you. And maybe you won't have to repeat some of the things that, that we've done. And uh, if you've got some things that you want to share with us as well, you can add that on the comment section. We'd love to hear from you. So thanks today for tuning in to Worship God, the TTC Canada podcast. On all things worship, I want to thank my, my brothers Rob and Pat for joining me. Thanks again. Thanks, to- Jody. Thanks, Jody.